I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 121. The only podcast for brokers by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, it's Scott Peckford from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Michael LeBlanc. Michael is the CEO of FCT. They're the largest title insurance company in Canada. I have to admit, but I didn't actually know all the different services FCT provided. This was a really eye-opening interview for me. He talks about the history of title insurance and how it was a relatively unused thing in Canada. He shares a new insurance product they're launching that protects home buyers from problems not found in a home inspection. And he talks about why FCT is involved in so many more transactions now with mortgage brokers. Because if I, as a mortgage broker, have noticed that they're involved more, why is that? What are they actually doing? What, what service are they providing for the lender? I found that to be fascinating. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when I have a sponsor on the show, it's because I've used their product or service and I can give it my 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I actually don't do B deals. I, I refer them out for the last couple of years. I know people think I'm nuts, but I don't do them. So instead, I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West. And I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth and under road deals if they made sense which is exactly what you're looking for in a B-Lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. So if you're a broker looking for a lender for your next B-Deal, check out Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Tell them you heard about them on Isle of Mortgage Brokering. They're big supporters of our community and we've cooked up some pretty cool giveaways inside our Isle of Mortgage Brokering Facebook group. Check them out at pioneerwest.com. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. So I really appreciate the opportunity. I kind of give an intro of you already, but what I'd like to ask is sort of your background, how you got to where you are, because I'm sure as a little kid, you didn't, you know, say one day I want to be a CEO of a national company. So, but there must have been a path. So where did you start out that kind of led you to FCT and then kind of your current role as CEO? I'm always proud to tell everybody that I'm a maritimer. I, uh, I grew up in Atlanta, Canada, and actually in the Halifax, Dartmouth area. I graduated from law school and uh, subsequently practiced law in Nova Scotia for over over 20 years. During the early 1990s, I acted for a lot of lenders and did a lot of work with them, and they became very intrigued with this whole concept of title insurance, which was new to Canada, and in particular to a company called First American or FCT, First Canadian Title. I was fortunate enough to be involved in a presentation that they did to Credit Union Central in Nova Scotia, and subsequently had to give them a legal opinion on the validity of title insurance and ultimately what my thoughts were about the potential uh, value of that industry going forward. I, I was, as I said, I was quite intrigued by uh, by the products that the approach around using a title insurance policy as an opportunity to look at a process, streamline that process, and, and eliminate steps by simply having a risk taker in, engaged in, the, in part of that process. So that had not happened, certainly in the real estate field before that time, at least not in Atlantic Canada, and I suspect elsewhere. And subsequently, I, I, I was so intrigued with the product, I really thought there was value, it would bring a lot of value to um, lenders, consumers, lawyers, and everyone else that's involved in a real estate transaction in Atlantic Canada. So I actually asked them if I could help them grow their business in Atlantic Canada while I still practice because I had no intention of leaving practice. Uh, I enjoyed practicing. And um, so built a great team down there and uh, and we built that business. And then over time, uh, as, the late, at the late, as the late 90s went, went along, uh, I, I would uh, be engaged from time to time in BC or other provinces across the country and talking about the about, talking about title insurance and the FCT and their offerings. And ultimately, um, 
in 2002, they asked me to come up as the company was sort of moving from small company to sort of mid-sized company and the restructuring was necessary. There was a lot of work to be done. And they, so they asked me to take a sabbatical, which I did for my law firm and came up um, intending to go back after six months, but uh, ended up staying, then became involved in, in pretty well running pretty well everything, every division in the company, and ultimately became the CEO in uh, late 2011. So you basically covered 23 years and three minutes. So there's a few things I want to ask about in that story. So sure. when you were a practicing lawyer and you saw title insurance, so explain to me what title insurance did that kind of filled a void in the marketplace that kind of that got you excited. Okay. Well, f as I as I mentioned in particular, I did a lot of work with uh, credit unions in Atlantic Canada, and uh, they they were always concerned about bringing a different type of experience to their members. So even before title insurance came along, I was constantly asked, why, why do you have to do full title insurance, insurance uh, or title searches when someone has already owned their house and they're taking a loan? Or um, can you come to, you know, is there any possibility you could close deals at the branch? When I saw what title insurance brought, not so much just from an insurance perspective, but also from a process perspective, I thought, wow, this is probably the way the world's going to go. The demands of the consumer are, are changing, and maybe there's a way that we could, uh, we could find a way to uh, get that through uh, the introduction of title insurance to the process. So, from, so with my lender clients, that was a big draw for me. Also, from a risk perspective as a lawyer, you know, there are many times when I had clients who were trying to buy a house, but ultimately I would come back to them with some kind of a, a technical a title problem, which for all practical intents and purposes was never going to be a problem for them. But when they went to sell the house, it would be because as lawyers, we have standards to follow. And uh, when we do title searches and we... Can you give me an example of something that just so that you got to dumb it down for me because I'm so I can understand. So, for example, uh, you know, there might be a shed that sat on the inside the boundary line from a adjoining neighbor. It's been there for 20 years. It might have been there for 40 years. It might have been there for 10 years. The consumer, you know, has to then deal with a, a vendor who's got to move that or change it. Or uh, we just would, is there a possibility that it's not of any significant value? So, and the risk is small. So maybe there's insurance in place that says down the road, if it needs to be moved, somebody will pay the cost of doing that so that the client the owner who's got the advantage of the policy wouldn't have to dig in their pocket and pay for it themselves. That kind of thing. Okay. And and there was a lot of technical things like, you know, around in the title search, you might find old mortgages where the, you know, from, you know, 40 years ago, the lender doesn't even exist anymore and you can't get it. How do you get it released? And there's process that you could take them through and costs that you can put them, a form of cost you can put them through in the, with the courts, I mean, court applications, that kind of stuff. But, that wasn't what consumers were looking for. They were looking to get in that house on a particular day, and uh, they were looking for a smooth transaction, and they really just wanted the protection. They wanted uh, to make it easy. To it. That's right. That's right. And, and even back then, and, and we're seeing more and more of that as time goes on, and that's, that's where the real value of title insurance is, has really uh, taken hold over time. So when you said, said something about signing in branch, so when title insurance first came out, or FCT, and you were involved in it. Was that even on the radar, or is that something that they like that you kind of evolved into? You know, in the early days, that product it was a lender product, and uh, it started with a company called Canada Trust, which is now part of TD. Mm -hmm. And uh, it grew. That that is that was a major growth product, whereby we took a what what was what used to be a mortgage refinance, uh, we and we made it look and behave much like a personal loan. Uh, from the from a delivery perspective, client would go into the bank, 
uh, or the lender apply for uh, a mortgage. The lender would approve it. Two days later, they come back and sign some paper and they get their money versus the process that would have existed at that time, which was client goes in, applies for the, the loan. The loan gets approved. The client's told that they need to get a lawyer for the, to protect the interests of the lender. They have to pay the lender. Sorry, they have to pay that lawyer. And usually that meant that the transaction was going to take maybe a week, two weeks, maybe longer, maybe cost them twelve or thirteen hundred bucks, and uh, none of which was really something that was palatable to an owner who is now just trying to get some money based on some equity they have in their house. So this process that FCT introduced at that time eliminated, for the most part, the need for them to go to an outside lawyer. And how many years ago was that? That that started in nineteen ninety three. Oh wow. And then, did, so you said you started with Canada Trust. Did other institutions go, hey, anything that makes it easier for customers is usually going to be uh, become adopted. So how long did it take before so it, everyone it, else was like, hey, we want that? Yeah, I talked about that sort of pivotal period in uh, 2002. That's when, when, you know, pretty well every lender, I mean, today... I, we talk about the fact that we have 292 lenders that participate in these programs across the country. And and so all of the major banks, you know, we've done work with all of the major banks in the past, and we continue to do work with all of them except for one, and together with any number of other lenders, including credit unions, monoline lenders, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now just again, so let's say somebody who's listening to this and they don't understand the process. So I just want to get it. I want to dive into that very briefly. Customer gets does the refi. They go into their branch. Do they actually have to? Who witnesses? Or I guess if it's an existing customer, do, who witnesses their signatures? Is it a branch person? Do you guys send people out to witness signatures, or what's the typical process? In most uh, provinces, they just go in and they bank people see to the execution of the document. If the client wants legal advice, they're able to take the documents and go to a lawyer and get them signed, but most people don't. In the province of um, Quebec and in BC, there are requirements for a notary uh, or a lawyer to uh, actually witness the execution of the document. And so in those provinces, the program has been modified to allow for that. And we have we have lawyers uh, that go in and serve that purpose in BC, for example. Right. Okay. Because maybe the, I'm in BC, so for, I always feel, uh, I'm pretty sure that here they've always had to do a, get a signature done. In BC, the the role of the the lawyer is simply to see to the or notary is to see the execution of the document. Because it's not a lawyer doing the transaction, then I'm just trying to like understand this. Then, if there is any issues, because you have your have insurance, do you your insurance covers for any sort of like mis like so mess ups or what kind of things can go wrong? I guess in this process, so I know it's very rare, but what type of thing could go wrong potentially? From the lender's perspective, they receive a, a title insurance policy. So if there's a problem with subsequently with title that's uncovered, then we would be on for that. If there was an issue uh, with respect to fraud, we'd be on for that. If there's issues with respect to outstanding zoning orders or work orders, that type of thing, we'd be on for that kind of stuff. So any of the risks that the lender would have looked to the lawyer for or notary for protection from in his certificate of title would be now his or her certificate of title would would have been covered for sure, plus significantly additional some significant additional coverage that they wouldn't get had they done the transaction through uh, the lawyer in the traditional method. Right. Okay. So one other question on this, and uh, or maybe in more depending on what comes to my mind. But so can you give me an example of something that you where FCT covered a like a you know a fraud or a, something that was like kind of a a small amount of money that the, either a buyer had when they got the policy and somehow you guys protected them just so I can get a, you know, a scope? 
Yeah, so if we let's just move, uh, we can even go broader than the, these refi policies that I just that process that I just talked about today. You know, one of the one of the significant things that we're seeing in the marketplace is the uh, proliferation of fraud, and people talk about the fact that it's not that significant in different markets. But I can tell you that um, as the guy who writes the check for problems, you you'd know better than most. Yeah, that's right. And you know, we're talking about legal professionals, professional mortgage brokers, and everyone who can get duped just simply because these are very sophisticated criminals who uh, who have found ways to uh, you know get false ID imp- you know, impersonate in different ways and create a fraudulent scheme that allows them to um, to take advantage of of someone and ultimately that would have been in the past the consumer the lender or in most provinces, the insurance that the land title system would have in respect to addressing some of these concerns. We, we now, we now step in and cover a lot of those losses. And not only do we cover the loss, we cover the costs of, uh, you know, all the defense costs and all the, all the legal fees associated with, with this so that the consumer who has the policy or the lender that has the policy is basically protected against uh, all the costs associated with whatever that title problem or that title risk is right. that, came, that came up. Whether okay. it be fraud or whether it be something in the title. So how much money can we be talking about that some of these issues can be? Oh, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And in some cases where there are where it's sophisticated fraud, it could be uh, it could be millions. And it could be over a number it could be a number of transactions. It doesn't you know, it may and you as you can appreciate, particularly in where you are, maybe not Kelowna, but although I think it's still pretty expensive to live out there. But in lower mainland bank, you know, the price of housing is going up. It's pretty substantial. We're talking about substantial dollars here. This is the single biggest investment a consumer generally makes. And so, um, you know, it's one that really, really required better protection. I think that's why title insurance has been so successful in Canada. Right. And then, so what is the average? I know it's probably not, it's going to be different for province and stuff, but what's kind of the average cost of the insurance that's covering potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in liabilities i'm going to say the average cost that we would that would exist would be about i'm going to say four hundred dollars but you know again it it varies depending on this again it it, they escalate the premium goes up over certain thresholds like a million dollars but properties under a million are one fee and then there's a additional cost but i would say today average our average cost across the country is probably somewhere in the area of i'll say 400 maybe to 500 dollars something in that area Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. And then, so you, you kind of, kind of fell in love with this product. You were basically said, Hey, I will help you promote it. Then you, you got a job with FCT. And then now recently, more recently, you've been the CEO or moved to the CEO position. So when you became CEO, what kind of things were you thinking? Okay. You, uh, would you like to see change that you kind of started in 2011? Yeah, I, I would say this, that first of all, we, we were a very um, customer-centric organization. And I know everybody talks about the fact that, you know, they're focused on the customer. But the reality is in this company, if, you know, based on things that I've seen over many years, we have a company that's very, very focused on the customer and doing it right. And so never under-deliver and ultimately make make things right. We have, just to give you a quick example of this, one of the things that we started is that every employee in this company has a checkbook an FCT checkbook, and they have the ability to decide on their own how best to sort out an issue if, if one comes up, because we're not perfect, we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to get approvals, they they just just make it right. That's the mantra that we live by, and, and while the customer. And so, you know, we, so we have that backdrop. We 
focus more effort on that. We've spent a lot of time over the last few years uh, working on our employees. Uh, we have over 900 employees in this company and across the country. And, you know, one of the things is that we know is that if we're going to have happy customers, we have to have happy employees. And so, you know, we've been fortunate the last two years to be recognized in Canada as one of the top 50 employers through great places to work and through other and even even in other areas where they actually survey and get information on this kind of stuff. So so we've got a so we built a strong employee base that are very committed, loyal employees. We've got a strong customer base based on the fact that we've built this ability to make sure that we service the customer beyond expectation. And then ultimately we look at our customers and we look at the market. And so for us uh, what we see, you know, while we're a title insurance company, we actually are a service company as well. And so how can we service our customers better? How can we bring ad- additional value to our customers? So if you look at the real estate uh, world, everybody wants to go get digital. This whole piece around, okay, you know, let's be paperless. How do we do that? How can we create opportunities to allow data to move uh, between the various constituents to the real estate transaction in a way that allows them to be more efficient and effective how they do their business and therefore how they service their customer, whether it be the lawyer, the mortgage broker, the lender, whoever else is involved in the tra- or the real estate agent, whoever else is involved in the transaction. It's been a big focus on that. And one of the other things is that because we have such strong relationships with lawyers and lenders, lawyers, notaries, and lenders, we have over, so for example, we have over 35,000 lawyers across the country that buy, and notaries that buy our title insurance policies. We're looking for ways, how do we actually make it easier for the, for the lawyer and the lender to work together on a, on a, on a real estate transaction? So, you know, a few years ago, we created a program, we built a, some technology that basically was a highway that we allow both lenders and lawyers to use for free that allows them to transmit mortgage instructions and other things uh, back and forth that, that goes on between a lawyer, a notary, and a lender to allow them to electronically communicate. So we built that. We have by, you know, by... by so do some... Okay, just I'm going to ask a question on that. So do some lawyers still use, like, faxes or does it, like, what... Some some do. So it's, that would be an internal thing that they decide that they don't want to use this free pipeline that they can communicate That's right. with. Uh, That's they, right. Okay. Yep. There is people who who use it. There's a lot of lawyers that they, and notaries that use it, but there are still some that don't. Mm-hmm. But the lenders are looking to, you know, they're all looking to find more efficient ways to instruct lawyers and work with lawyers on close, and notaries and work closing that transaction. And so we're just trying to create the ability for lawyers to be able to, to meet the needs of the, what sometimes can be demanding lenders in regards to how they manage the business. One thing we talked about before we started recording was how, Mortgage brokers have become more, I mean, we knew about title insurance has been around for a long time, but in particular, how you guys are involved in more of the refinance, kind of like the banks have been doing for since 1993, apparently. So how you guys are, you're involved with a lot of lenders and you help take, what do you do for the lenders? So many things, but one of the later things that uh, we, we've just uh, gotten into a few years back is um, managed, what we call managed mortgage solutions. So there are a number of lenders who have um, started to do business in Canada that haven't built uh, back offices, and they had used another provider to help them in respect to instructing, you know, the the piece from when the lender still approves the deal, but as far as the closing goes, the the instructing, the funding, and the issues that come from that, the the these lenders have effectively outsourced that to a third party, and so. We weren't originally involved in it, but uh, a few years back, the provider that was uh, decided they didn't want to do that business anymore, and uh, for the most part, and so they gave notice to the lenders. The lenders came to us, and we looked at it, 
And it's, uh, you know, we're talking about now, you know, this whole transaction that involves the lender, the broker, and many of the, you know, all, the, all these deals involve a broker and a lawyer or a notary. Complicated because it's three-way. And so, you know, and very interdependent. And we looked at it and we said, well, you know what? We have strong relationships with lenders. We have strong relationships with lawyers. Maybe we are the best people to step in the middle of this and try to figure out what's the best process that we can use to make these transactions close. And so we've been engaged over the last two years in trying to find that. We've certainly learned a lot. I wouldn't say we've, uh, I think every lawyer, notary, and and broker that we've dealt with certainly believes the process is better than it used to be with the other third, with the third party. But it's still a very um, a volatile process that needs some work. And so we continue to look for, for ways to improve that process. And we're in the throes of doing that today. But in, in, but through that, we've, we've really got to know a lot of mortgage brokers and we've learned a lot and we continue to grow relationships with the brokers as well as the, the lenders and the lawyers and notaries that we had traditionally dealt with in the past. So is it possible? So one of the things when I talk to mortgage brokers, because I don't think that this has actually been explained to a lot of mortgage brokers, how what FCT actually facilitates the transaction by, okay, lender, you know, says, okay, file's ready to go. FCT prepares everything and then communicates it to the lawyer. So essentially there's another person in the chain. Is there a way for brokers to communicate directly with FCT or to find out where a file's at? Because sometimes, you know, given the busyness of the current market and then you've got multiple people in the chain, is there a way for a broker to communicate with FCT to say, hey, is this the instructions gone out? Absolutely. And we, we've, uh, I mean, you know, it started traditionally with just, you could do so in the, in the process, in the program itself. I and mean, we built technology to make it move between the parties. But we've also, uh, you know, introduced chat lines. You know, we're looking at all the latest technologies that allow us to create that ability for the, for the broker to reach out to FCT at any time and to find out what's going on. We've also created you know, milestone reporting where we actually report on the system exactly where the file sits as the, as it progresses through the process. And, and I think one of the most significant pieces is that we have people in every market. And so for, for example, in BC, we have great sales team who, in addition to doing their sales, are very much supporting these activities. And so when people have an issue, they can make a call to them. So it can go anywhere from a physical, personal touch call, either to the people in BC that are on the road or to the people here in uh, in Oakville that are processing or involved in processing these deals to uh, using as much technology as we can to allow for the interaction of information, chat lines, that kind of stuff. So is it possible for a broker currently to communicate with FCT on a particular file? And where, like, where would they go to do that? Like, what's that process look like? The short answer is yes, they can, and the and they can do it in any number of ways. They can call FCT. They have uh, they're in as they're involved in the process. They have access to a um, to technology that allows them to to peek in and see where the status of the transaction is. We've introduced things like chat lines and uh, other types of technology and communication that allows for access of information without using the phone. Uh, and we have people on the ground in. Uh, NBC, who are always available to these uh, to brokers to uh, respond to uh, any questions or inquiries about a transaction. What would be your recommendation if there was say something that came up in a broker? What would they should they reach out to FCT directly first? Should they reach out to the person in their prop? Like what would be what would you recommend as the the uh, preferred method? I guess I've been more older school, so of course uh, a little longer in the tooth. I would say that I'd probably pick up the phone, but. But what we're finding is, is that more people like to access information just by sending an email or sending uh, a text or 
or asking a question. And, you know, so that's why we built all of these, uh, all of this stuff into our system. Regardless of how the person wants to ask the question, they can ask it and we give them the answer. Mm-hmm. That's great. A uh, question that actually I did get, I posted some questions on the Facebook group. It's a closed Facebook group with mortgage brokers in it. I said, what kind of questions should I ask? And one of them was, can you port an insurance policy with FCT? Can you port? So are they talking about then if... If, if you sell if, a property, can you move the insurance policy to another one or do you have to get a new policy? If it's a transaction that where it's being transferred to a non-arm's length. So let's say you're, you're going to transfer a property to your children or your spouse or something like that. That policy actually lives and survives for that uh, for that uh, subsequent uh, grantee if it's a if it's arm's length though then it's then a new policy has to issue okay and if they can't if they sell their property and buy a new one they can't move it kind of you can port your cmhc premiums and you can obviously port mortgages i guess the question is can you also move an insurance premium no you can't you you can buy another policy but and and that happens more often but it's because it's a, it has to be re-underwritten because it's a different property no you ha- you buy a new title insurance policy at that stage okay and then when people get title insurance i'm going to go back to the actual technical part of it for a second here they there's an the option to get the homeowner coverage and so what do you know sort of the numbers on how many people actually opt into that or is that something that you can share we sell a million, close to a million trans, million policies a year. So I, I would say to you that most people that are involved in a title insurance are buying title insurance. If they're purchasing a house, they will buy an owner's policy and a lender's policy. And the reason for that is, is that when you buy two policies, the second policy is uh, relatively inexpensive. And um, so more often than not, we're seeing consumers that are purchasing property not only um, acquire the policy for the benefit of the lender, but also for themselves. And then the only time that we where where you wouldn't issue an owner policy is if they're refinancing. So if they already own their house and they they've either already have title insurance or a notary has certified title to them before, in that case we're only providing a title insurance policy to the lender, the new lender who's going to advance new funds. Okay, so I'm going to move now to sort of the kind of future of FCT. So can you share with me a couple things about how what's your kind of how big is your market share of that you guys have of the overall market and then what's kind of your where you got what's your goals or what's your plans moving forward so so today we're fortunate to in the title insurance world we're certainly we would certainly be the largest of the title insurers there are competitors in the marketplace we have if you look at the real estate market across the country you know i would say that we're we're probably now in a in a world it's very difficult to tell because it's just how transactions are reported so it's hard to we're trying to get we try to get as much accurate data as we possibly can on this but it looks to me like, you know, probably in the Canada now, you know, it's probably 50 to 60% of transactions are title insured across the country. In the West and, and in BC, we've we've seen large growth in, in the use of title insurance and certainly purchasing title insurance from SCT. Uh, in the last two or three years, it seems to be that it's it's finally caught hold. And, and uh, because lawyers and notaries are the ones that generally order the policy, the consumer, I mean, we don't advertise title insurance to consumers. Uh, because it's only relevant when they're buying and selling a house. But for the lawyer or the notary, for the lender or for the broker, more and more as they become educated about the value of the policy and the, and what it can bring to their to their clients, they are suggesting and recommending and ordering title insurance. And so that market continues to grow. And, you know, it's surprising because I, I think back 25 years ago when nobody bought a title insurance policy. It did the, I mean, when we started FCT back in 1991, 
we didn't just start a company. We start, we actually started to build a new industry. So this year we're, we're celebrating 25 years of, you know, being, doing business here in Canada. And so it's, it's quite an accomplishment as you look back and, and look at what's happened uh, in, in respect to development of the industry and certainly the success of FCT. Going forward, you've asked the question about the future. I, I think that, you know, we see um, the opportunity to understand our various client sets, try to really understand what their needs are, try to anticipate uh, what the market's going to do going forward and, you know, so trends in the marketplace, that kind of stuff, and try to find ways to bring value, additional value to the broker, to the lender, to the lawyer or notary, so that it, we make them more effective and efficient in respect to how they how they do their job. And we believe that if we continue to do that, there will be a place for us that goes well beyond the, the risk component associated with title insurance, but also with it will involve us actually assisting in respect to the closing of every real estate transaction in Canada. Right. And is there anything new that you guys are kind of working on that you're, that you're excited about or anything? Yeah. One of the, you know, we're, we're, we have expanded our, our interest in, in valuation and appraisal. And so we're looking, we're spending a lot of time looking at how we can bring more value to uh, what I'll call the conditions management part of the, uh, of the transaction where the lender is trying to get a, a bunch of information that allows them to properly uh, make the decision on, on the granting the loan. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of focus in that area. We're looking at building products for consumers. For example, uh, one of the products that we've built is a product called Certified Resale Home that we're just testing in the market now, whereby basically we're providing coverage against certain risks uh, to the physical premises, like whether it be leaky roofs, furnaces, pools, all the you know various components of the home and whether or not we can provide some coverage to a consumer. So when you buy a house and you move in and something happens that you didn't anticipate, uh, maybe there's some coverage for them because, as you know, a lot of the home buyers that are buying houses these days, they, they stretch pretty good to get to be to qualify for the mortgage. But boy, if they have a, a catastrophe in the first 12 or 18 months, it could be uh, pretty significant in respect to uh, the, you know how they manage that cost. Um, and so, you know, we're building products like that kind of thing. We're looking at those kinds of things. And so what, give me an example of something that would specifically that would cover. Well, I, I, again, if you looked at the certified resale home, what, we, what it is right now is that we've built an 18-month coverage for a homeowner that covers all the mechanical systems in the home. So uh, everything that a home inspector wouldn't necessarily see, he's not able to tear the walls down to see, you know, the condition of pipes or to look at, uh, you know, the, the tear the furnace apart to see, you know, whether it's going to, whether the motor's operating effectively or the fan or whatever it is. And so we actually now are offering coverage in addition to the home inspection. In some cases, actually, even because there is no home inspection, there the consumers are buying it because in this day and age you can't in many cases you can't make it you can't even make an offer with conditions so you may not even have the right to even get a home inspection done but uh, so we're just going to offer some better protection and some a level of comfort to to uh, buyers of, of real estate for those kinds of losses and what is the average cost of a policy for that type of thing you know what we're it's, it's in test phase in the marketplace now uh, i would say something uh, slightly north of 600 bucks i think is what it is what, what we're testing right now mm-hmm. but it's 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 still in its infancy so I, I i don't know how this i mean we're just looking to see what kind of we're measuring claims experience and exposure and all that kind of stuff now to determine what the appropriate premium would be right that's always the the trick with insurance is to figure out how much to charge so that you can collect enough money to pay out any potential losses and still be profitable. 
Right. And still make a little bit of money. And and in these kinds of things where you're really, it's, uh, it's virgin territory, you, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of research and a little bit of work to get there, but we're, we're working through that now. Kind of like they did back in 1991. So you, you exactly, you got that exactly right. Cool. Awesome. Michael, I really appreciate you taking the time today to chat with me about FCT, where you guys are going, where you came from. I learned a ton. I've been in the business 11 years and there's a lot of stuff that I didn't frankly know. And I'm like, okay, I understand this a lot better now. And so thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Well, we, you know, we have a website, great website at uh, www.sct.ca. We can, uh, I, I would, uh, you know, I'd welcome any calls or, or uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, my email address is mleblong at fct.ca. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all those things. Also, um, you know, I'm available for a phone call anytime and would, it, would, uh, would always, always love to have the opportunity to chat with our, uh, our customers and, uh, and those associated with the transaction. So my telephone number is an 800 number, 1-800-663-6777. My extension is 3265. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate your time and I hope FCT continues to be top of the market. Me too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.